You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are right now in the fifth installment of our series 10, The Perfect Law of God that plays order in everything that we do. But behind the perfect law is also the perfect love of God, which is the motivation behind all the commands of God. And the reason why I did mention this, because a lot of us here, we think that commandments was given in order for God to keep watch of our way so that He can send a lightning bolt. That's not the God that we serve. Our God is also our Father, that He doesn't want us to just go through the requirements of the law and the commands of God. Because growing up, I thought that the goal of the Ten Commandments is for me to adhere to it so that God will approve and accept of me. And I realized that the Ten Commandments was a byproduct of my relationship with God. At the end of this series, we'll have a better view of God's love for all of us, leading to a life of obedience to Him. And the reason why we obey God, because we appreciate what the Lord has done for each and every one of us. The reason why, growing up as a believer, I did appreciate the goodness and the faithfulness of God, was because it was from the posture relationship. And you will discover commandments or the Ten Commandments was not given in order for God to monitor if we're doing it. The Ten Commandments is in fact a what? a confirmation of our relationship with God. That's the first law, when it was uh, given, the first desire for a God that we serve is for us to what? To honor Him. And the law was given because it has served as a foundation for the nation of Israel. Second, God gave the law to remind the people of their own sinfulness and uh, if you take a closer look, growing up as well as uh, a religious person, that I would want and I was advised to follow the Ten Commandments because if you follow everything, the Lord will accept and approve of you. And I realize I don't have the strength and the ability to fulfill the Ten Commandments. And a lot of people would want to try their best and try their luck, but I'm telling you right now, you will fail, guaranteed. Because the Ten Commandments was not just something that you fulfill as part of God's approval of you. In fact, you can't fulfill the Ten Commandments and nobody has the capacity to fulfill the Ten Commandments. But the Ten Commandments will be your mirror that will cause you to really understand your nature and your sinfulness. And there's no other way but for you to run to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the reason why the Ten Commandments was given. To frustrate us that there's no other way but to turn to Christ. Isn't that amazing? And this is why as you turn to Christ, Christ fulfilled the law and thus you have the security to follow the law. And this is the beauty of the Ten Commandments. It was given from the post of relationship. And this is the reason why I have rules at home when it comes to my relationship with my, uh, my children. I have rules when it comes to my relationship with my wife. Not because I'm afraid of my wife. Sometimes. <laughs> but more than just really the rules and the commands that I would want to adhere to is that I want to protect our covenant, our relationship, our marriage. This is why when it comes to surfing the internet, I'm really cautious of the sites I go to because I know that it might not hurt me today, but it can hurt me down the road. If I'm not cautious of the sites that I go to. Why? Because that's a rule coming from the posture of protecting my relationship with my wife. The commands of God was given for our preservation and our protection. This is why God was not just giving a commandment because he, he wants us to adhere to whatever He wants to accomplish. It is for our own protection. And the commandments of God is a byproduct of His love for us. He wants to protect His relationship with you. The law doesn't save us. It reminds us of how much we need God's forgiveness for salvation. This is what the law has really caused us to probably understand. 
that it was not really something that will save us. It will help us understand our sinfulness. And thus today we'll talk about the fifth commandment, how to honor our parents. But before we discuss this topic, we need to be reminded that God gave the what? The Ten Commandments, not just as really a command, an instruction, a rule that we need to just follow because there is no other rule. But it was given to protect our uh, well-being and our uh, propensity to deviate from God's plan. The reason why I am excited of this topic because the Ten Commandments is a confirmation, not a condition. Do you understand this? A confirmation of your relationship with God and His relationship with you. It is not a what? A condition that if you follow the Ten Commandments, you will have a relationship with God. Growing up as a Catholic person, I love really in a way the Catholic faith, but I was taught that if I will follow all of the laws, God will love me and accept of me. And that is why I was frustrated growing up because I realized and my, when my eyes was uh, really open, I realized that God loved me so much. And if you take a closer look at the background of the book of Exodus, when God has expressed to Moses, the commandments for his people, it was after their deliverance from Egypt. And before he instructed his people, it was from the posture of his covenant with his people that he is an unchanging God. How many of you appreciate in the midst of all our frailties and all the bloopers and blunders that we have done, God has promised to be unchanging. That his love for us is unconditional. That is what you call a God who is Faithful indeed to his covenant. That no matter what will happen, he is the God of yesterday, today, and forever. So I want to read right here in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 to 17. If you have your Bibles right now, open it to Exodus 20, verse 1 to 17. And I've been asking myself, Lord, why did you come up with all the lists in this chapter wherein you know that I will fail? But this is, in fact, a beautiful message that God is communicating to His people because I thought the commandments were given to satisfy our God. Yes, God wants us to follow it. But I've been asking myself, what if I don't honor God? Will His character change? I don't think so. And I realized that honoring God and not using the name of God hastily and taking the Sabbath rest and not worshiping uh, uh, any other idol, is in fact for my own benefit. It was not to what to satisfy what God wants. We can follow the law, but if you don't understand that God has a relationship with us and He has a covenant with us and He will do everything in order to protect the relationship that He has with you. You will never appreciate the commandments of God. This is for your own protection. And when somebody goes out of his way to protect his relationship with you, that speaks of his love and his concern for you. Isn't that amazing? So the commandments of God is his way of protecting, really, your relationship with him. This is why I am loved when I do understand the context of chapter 20, the book of Exodus 1-17. to Are you ready? Verse 1, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath 
or that is in the water underneath. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. In verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in the six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. How many of you here, you feel rested this week? That while we're resting, we know that God is at work as well. Verse 12, honor your father and your what? Mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity once again to come into your presence. I ask that you allow your Holy Spirit, Father, to unravel what you want to communicate to your people this afternoon. Thank you that your presence is in our midst. And we know, Lord God, as we go out of this gathering, our perspectives are changed for your glory. And we thank you, Lord, for the transformation happening right now because we know your word is alive and active. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The Ten Commandments were an expression of God's covenant and love and relationship with his own people. When he states, I'm the Lord your God, the main reason for God's people, why they came out of Egypt was because God owns them and God has a relationship with them. It was not just a random event that there's no other way but to deliver the people of uh, Israel. But this signifies and validates that God has a relationship with his nation. And our topic is that how do we honor our father and mother? Because the Bible states, honor your father and your mother that your days may belong in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The advice is to honor our father. And there is no other option, but it is a what? A command that we need to honor our parents. And a lot of us here probably are familiar with what I'm about to tell you. Because I grew up in a dysfunctional home. I uh, never uh, really grew up with my dad. And I have a distorted view of what a family is. And for some of you here, you are... Uh, having the same uh, probably concern and dilemma. How can I honor my parents? They have not been great parents to me. And I don't know if you're familiar with this picture. That there's a tendency for us to look back and revisit how abusive our parents have been. That they have abused us sexually, probably physically, mentally, verbally. And some of us, our moms or our dads has also abandoned us. And this is something that I can't remove in fact in... Uh, the archives of my thoughts that I can still vividly remember. Though I love my parents and I honor them when I came to an adult, I do understand my role as a child that I should honor and love them. But I just can't let go at times of what took place in the past. And some of you here probably, you have the same dilemma, the same concern. How can I honor my parents if they have abandoned us, if they have abused us? And it has been a repetitive thing for some of you here. 
that time and time and again, you can't move forward because you are still struggling with what took place in the past, that you're still bitter with what they did to you. And every time you look back and with where you are right now and how you have failed in life is that you always refer back to how your parents has gone about parenting you and, and, and how you have really uh, seen all these years that if you have a great mom or, or, or dad, you could have been better. And that is the dilemma of some of us here. How can God dare command us to honor our parents if they have not set an example for us and has not been a blessing to us, roughly about 80-90% based on the survey that indeed a lot of us here have the same concern. And the reason why we can honor them because of one lesson we can learn from the first commandment. That God, when He delivered the people of Israel, it was His plan that as they go through deliverance, they can worship God wherever God wants them to worship Him. And there's a beautiful picture that everything that we will be doing starting today, when we do understand that as we honor God, everything that we will be doing and all of our motivations will be not because the people around us or our parents worth the honor or they deserve the honor, but because we're doing it for God. Amen. We honor our parents because we honor God. This is our act of worship. The people of Israel was delivered by God because the main reason for their deliverance is for uh, them to worship the Lord. And that the, the first commandment will be the very reason why we're doing everything that we're doing because we want to honor God. Now we have the reason, even if our parents are okay, they're great parents or not at all, most of the time they're not. But I'm telling you right now, our motivation is never about how they've been good to us. But our motivation is that this is my form of worship. It's easy to worship God when everything is doing well. Worship is perfected when you have nothing alone and you're discouraged and you're depressed, but you up to raise your hand and worship God. Amen. You know where generosity is perfected? Not when you have so much, when you have nothing to give. But you opt to give. That is where generosity is perfected. In the same manner, when you don't feel like worshiping the Lord through serving and honoring your parents, this is where worship is perfected as well. The main reason is that we want to honor our parents because this is our expression of worship. And this is how we honor God. And God spoke all these words saying, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. God was simply saying that I'm your God and I want you to know that I am your God. There is a personal connection with you. I'm not just any other God. I am a personal God. I am your God. And you are my people. Amen. Amen. Isn't it amazing that God wants to be personal to us? That He what? He showed that when He sent Jesus Christ in the cross, that He did not wait for us to go to heaven, but He went down and connected with us. That is the God that we serve. That He went out of His way, sought after man, run after all of us, and look for me. So that I will understand that He loves me so much. We have a God who's totally personal. And He said, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. This is a beautiful picture. How many of you here, you have high school friends that once in a while you would gather and have your reunion? Okay, wow. You have. Tita, I'm amazed. I love you. My point for saying that is that when, when you have high school friends or college friends, that when you, you gather and when you reunite, you talk stories after stories in 1960s, 1950s, 1942, 1982, and you laugh at, at, at the stories, 
And you've been doing this over and over again for the past one to two years, and yet you continue to reminisce the past. Why? Because of your relationship. Isn't it amazing that God is going back the memory lane to revisit the past and how He has been so faithful with the people of, 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 of or the nation of Israel? Brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. This is what I did to you. Not because I want to uh, remind you how indebted you are to me. God is not telling this nation that you ha- you are indebted to me. Utang kayo sa akin. It was a what? A personal moment reminding them this is what happened to us. And this is the same thing with my marriage. The reason why my marriage is getting stronger for the past 11 years, just like what I mentioned, that after our ministry in China, we had a break with my wife and we celebrated her birthday and our 11th wedding anniversary. And the reason why I spent so much with the different events when it comes to amplifying and really growing my marriage because again i'm afraid no, no, no. i'm not afraid but my point is because 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 every time i'm about to give up i have invested so much with this woman when you invest it's hard to quit do you understand i've given so much and you've given so much in return and I've given so much. And this is, I feel like, the, the story of God to the nation of Israel. This relationship has, has been through a lot. We can't give up. So I'm giving you my commandments to protect this relationship. This is how special my relationship with you. My relationship, every single day, it's a fight that I need to honor my wife. There are times I don't, I don't feel like, but I have to. Because this goes into the archives that when we're about to give up, we can look back and refer on the memories that we have had. And be reminded, no, we're not giving up. Amen. In the same manner, you can't give up in your relationship with God. Because God is not going to give up on you. In fact, on the cross, Christ was hanged because He fought. And He was thinking of you and me. And He fought the good fight. That He's not giving up. Because, number one, it's too early to quit. And secondly, your life is worth the risk. This is why I'm excited. The more than just honoring my parents is that my honor to my, to, to, and, and my desire to honor God is an expression that I would want to as well honor my parents. Honoring our parents honors God. And this is why in everything that I do, my motivation is my relationship with God. And if you take a closer look, the first commandment says, honor God. The first four commandments was geared towards our worship to God vertically. And the fifth commandment says, honor your father and your mother and the rest. It's our relationship with the people around us. And the reason why I did put an emphasis on uh, commandment number one and commandment number five, because the similarity is that indeed we honor God and we honor our parents. And this is why I believe that God has strategically placed these commandments to communicate to us that the first commandment, in fact, has a relationship with the fifth commandment. Because the fifth commandment is the first of the commandments which deals with our obligations to men. If the first commandment is compromise, we will not be able to honor not just our parents, but we will not be able to honor the different authorities that we have in this nation, when we go to another nation, to the different authorities, even the boss in your company. You will not have 
the capacity to honor the people that God has placed above you. Because you don't understand that if you can honor God, you can honor your parents, you can honor everyone. In fact, if you can forgive your parents, you can forgive anyone. And the reason why a lot of us here are struggling with unforgiveness, because we think that when we forgive people, and if our parents has hurt us, okay, for the past few years, and we what? We continue to live a life of bitterness, and we think we're doing ourselves a favor. You're getting it all wrong. It's about time to break free from this, and I know where you're coming from, and my heart uh, goes for you and through all of you, that there are a lot of things that your parents did to you, that if you tell me your story, I know I might be shocked, I might be surprised, but God is commanding all of us to honor our parents, whether you have a reason or not at all. Because at the end of the day, it is not for their benefit, it is for your own benefit. When you honor and what? Forgive people. You're simply saying, I'm done with them controlling me. That every time I see them, I would always be reminded of what they did in the past. I'm cutting what they've done to me and how they have hurt me. You don't cut the relationship. You maintain the relationship. And there are times that there's a tendency for you to look back and be reminded of what your parents did to you. Probably you are on your 60s and when you were uh, still uh, 10 or 15, your parents has uh, abused you and you just can't let go of that. And the reason why you're always what in pain and you're hurting and you're harsh to people because hurt people hurt people. And if you can't really... Break free from what's holding you. It's about time that the Lord will give you the grace to forgive your parents. Amen. I grew up with, 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 with my grandmother. I, I, I grew up partly with my mom and, and my dad. There's nowhere to be found. And I came from, just like what I mentioned, a family of four wives with 12 half-sisters. My dad is very, very productive. And I love him for that. But to make a long story short, I'm asking myself, Why? Most of the time, I would always cherish those father and son relationship every time I would see them. Because I'm longing for that relationship. But I realized one thing. More than anything else, we have our father in heaven. That you coming into this world, probably your parents did not plan that they are surprised when they came out of your mother's womb. Oh, they're surprised. But God was never surprised. Even our parents doesn't have a plan. God has a plan. And that's the most important thing. Can we give God the glory for that? This is why we can honor our parents because God has a plan and God has valued us and this is our posture and our act of worship to God. And it is my prayer for us before you can honor your parents. It's about time that you have to draw the line and say, I forgive them for hurting me, for verbally abusing me. Because if you can break free from that, whatever you're in bitter of, you will end up cursing. What you curse, you will nurse. And what you nurse, you will rehearse. And before you know it, the ways that your parents, that you abhor and you dislike, will eventually be, be replicated by you. You will end up doing what you abhor the most. So it's about time. That in your generation, it is not an accident why God brought you here. You're listening to this message so that you can start all over again. I am telling you right now, there is a reason why you came here so that you can hear this message. Because in your generation, in your family, in your marriage, you are starting all over again. Amen. God wants to start with a clean slate. God wants to start brand new. Because I'm telling you right now, whatever your parents, parents, parents has done to you, 
it can be passed down. And that's the same thing. I'm blaming my dad for being irresponsible. He has been a great blessing to me, sent me to a great school, provided for everything that I want, provided almost everything that I need. But he was never a father to me. He was a great provider because he was guilty that he can't father me. So he would find ways to provide for what I need, what I want, what I need as a father, the things and the gifts. And I realized his father was also okay, an irresponsible father that would always opt to give gifts to his children. And I was also surprised his father's father's father can't even be a father to his own children. And I'm forever grateful and thankful that in my generation, the Lord has brought me in and caused me to experience His love that I can start a generation where I can father my own children. Ladies and gentlemen, I have nothing to brag. It is because of the Father's love that I can father my children. Roughly about four years ago when my son was playing his first game in, in soccer, I remember that my, I, I, I did play the same game. I was a goalkeeper in grade school. And I was asking, Lord, I hope that my father would be around to, to, to see me play. It was a championship round. We got the prize. I was holding the trophy. But father was never there. And in my moment of, of agony, I look back and appreciate what the Lord has done in my life. That I was in the sidelines watching my son. He got a championship game. And he won. I was there. The moment wasn't the game. The moment was dad was there. And that is what I'm asking from you parents. Be available for your children because you are not just fathering your children. You are shaping the future. So if you're not a perfect father, I don't really care. Bounce back and start all over again. And parents, I am telling you right now, I will pray for you that the grace of God will fill you, that you will have the strength to what? To love your children, that you will have time for them. But more than anything else, all of us are commanded to honor our parents, whether they've been good to us or not at all. Because I'm telling you right now, more than whatever we're doing with our families, we will have a great impact. Let's not trust the new president. Yes, I trust him. I love him. But let's honor him. But I hope that we trust God more than Him. Am I correct? Amen. That we will cooperate and do our, our bit, do our part. Because I'm telling you right now, this nation will resurrect from the grave and we will see a better Philippines because all of us are involved in the lives of our children. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The idea of living long in the land carries the idea not of physical age. In the ancient uh, Near East, there are at least three reasons for an individual to be killed by blaspheming against God and living a life of sexual immorality and dishonoring their parents. This is not just about you because there are a lot of uh, young men and women who died early on. There has been a blessing to their parents. My point for saying this is because during the time they would uphold really how to value uh, parents and authorities. But today my question with you right now this is applicable. In a way, this is applicable because if you don't listen to your parents, there's a tendency for you to what? To live in rebellion. Whatever you, you don't honor, you dishonor. Am I correct? So when it comes to my relationship with my parents, I would honor my mom, I would honor my wife, I would honor everybody. Because I will, if I don't do the effort of honoring the people around me, I will wake up one morning dishonoring them. It's a fight to honor someone. It is in the same manner when it comes to my relationship with God. It's a fight to honor God because if I don't honor God, I will end up dishonoring Him, living a life of sin. Am I correct? So all of us should be reminded that honoring someone takes what? Takes grace, strength, and the ability to do so. And the reason why you want to honor your parents is because you're motivated. Lord, thank you that my act of honoring my parents is my act of worship to you. The Bible says there's a promise of long life. 
And based from his experience, there is a decision to start right. When you honor God, you are starting a new path for yourself and your family. That yes, I love my parents, but I don't think that I can rehearse and replicate and duplicate what they did to me. I love them, I respect them, I will give them a call. I will not give them the cold treatment. Some of us here, I'm not disrespecting my parents, I'm just quiet. That is a form of dishonor as well. I love them. But we have to learn that without the grace of God, you can't do it. You need God and you need the intervention of God. And you know what gives me hope as a pastor and all of our pastors in this church is that we know that all of us are hoping to start right. Amen. That we will be great fathers. If you grew up without a father, you can be a great father because we have a father in heaven who will take care of your needs, who will be there for you, who will love you, accept of you and approve of you. There is nothing to worry. And because you honor your parents, there is a reward. I want you right now to open your Bibles in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. That is in page 767. Verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord because they're good, for this is right. Amen? <laughs> Let me say that once again. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for they are good, for this is right. Amen? No. Even if they're not good, you honor them because you are not doing it for them. You're doing it for God. Am I correct? For this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. This is a first commandment with a reward. It is guaranteed. How many of you here, you want God to bless your life? Honor your parents. How many of you here, you want God to prosper your life? Honor your parents. There's a price to pay. How many of you here, you want God to promote you and elevate you? And you'll be the president of your company, William. How many of you here, you want that? Honor your parents. Why? Because more than honoring your parents... And the struggle to honor them, God is shaping your character. Because if you can honor your parents, if you can respect them, if you can love them, when you face the world, you have what it takes. You have the strength and the ability to face the world. If people will dishonor you, when people will hit you left and right, whether there's an uppercut or a left hook, you can maintain your composure because you know that nothing and no one can move me. Because back home, I went through a lot with my parents, but I came out strong by the grace of God because the Lord has given me the ability to honor them. Where you are right now is a training ground to face the world. This is why God's promise to bless you is still active today. But what's standing in the way is unforgiveness in your heart. The Word of God states in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 5, Instead, the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord God loved you. God is not thinking twice to bless you. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, there was a divine exchange. Christ was cursed, you're blessed. Am I, am I correct? But in order for you to what? Receive what the Lord has in store for you. You have to break free from the bitterness that you're always consumed of what people did to you or what your parents did to you. Before you know it, the Lord is unfolding His great plan for your life. And you can't see what the Lord is unfolding because you're so consumed of the people that have hurt you. How many of you here can and will agree with me that when you're in pain, when you're bitter, you're so consumed with the people that have hurt you that you miss out on the things okay, that you want in life? Nangingit-ngit ka pag nakikita mo yung tao. Talagang demonyong to. Sana masagasaan ka ng pagmamahal ni Lord. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're, we're, so, we're so consumed trying to find ways and means to retaliate. 
Ladies and gentlemen, you're not doing that person a favor. You're hurting yourself by living in bitterness. <laughs> Even though you don't feel it and it's not an emotion, just say, I forgive my parents for what they did to me. If you're a parent, you don't have to replicate whatever took place in the past. You can start right because your Father in Heaven has been so gracious to you. So you don't have to feel right in order to forgive them. You don't have to feel right to honor them. I'm not saying that you subscribe to whatever evil things they're asking you to do. At the end of the day, you know what is right because you have a relationship with God. You can keep quiet. and just serve them, love them, give them a phone call, text them. Because at the end of the day, the Bible is simply saying, if you honor, you'll be blessed. This is why God is validating His covenantal love with us that I love you so much the way I have prepared my own people, the nation of Israel. That as I liberate them from Egypt, I want them to worship me. But if you take a closer look of God's overall plan in the book of Genesis, that His people will be blessed. They will be a great, great, great what? Great nation. This is part of the story. This is part of really what God is unfolding for the nation of Israel. I want you to be a great nation, but before you become a great nation, I'll deliver you so that you can worship me. Isn't it amazing? God is preparing something, a huge story for all of us. And for some of us here, we miss out on that story that God is brewing in our lives. We think that this is just my life. Go to the office, be back home. Go to the office, be back home. Take a summer vacation, Christmas vacation, and, and grow old. That's not God's plan for your life. That God wants you to understand He has a great plan. And what's standing in the way, why you can't see that plan, because you're so consumed of how people has hurt you. It's about time, ladies and gentlemen, to walk in forgiveness. Because you deserve to be blessed. Amen. This is what Jesus did on the cross. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham? What I'm about to do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. This is what I'm talking about. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. God's promise, even before the Ten Commandments, was for this nation to be great. So he delivered this nation, gave them a covenant, gave them a promise to protect them from whatever may cause them to deviate from God's plan. Because God wants them to be a great nation. It was in God's love for them and the covenant that God has for them. It is in fact a reminder that God is preparing them not just to enjoy His blessings, but God is preparing them for something bigger than themselves. First, God gave them a reason to honor their parents. I am your reason why you're honoring your parents. Secondly, God promised that if you comply to my commandments, I will reward you. Third, because of this account that he has with the people of Israel, he was simply reminding them that my grand plan is for you to be a great nation. Why did they say this? Because this is part of that passage, that I want you to be a mighty nation, for I have chosen him, Abraham, that he may command his children and his household after him. God was simply saying to Abraham, okay, command your children and take care of your household to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised. What was promised to Abraham? A great nation. But for you to have a great nation, you have to take care of your children. Parents, we have a better Philippines and it's coming. But it has to start wherever we are. It has to start with the way we run our families. The Word of God states that for Abraham to see that indeed the nation of Israel 
is on its way to power, influence, and grandeur. Abraham has to prioritize his family. In the same manner, parents, I want to encourage you. The Bible is clear in Ephesians chapter 6. Let me continue. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Parents, instruction and discipline. When I say instruction and discipline, rules and relationship. And some of us, we grew up in a family where our parents would always tell us, do this and that. Without explaining to them why you're doing what you're doing. Without any relationship. Now, for the past few years of being a father, I have a 10-year-old, 9-year-old. I have a 5-year-old, a 3-year-old. I want another one. <laughs> and I've been teaching, coaching my kids. These are not perfect kids. But I'm proud of my son. He can wax a car, clean a car, wash a car, vacuum a car. And he would do it gladly and with joy. Why? Because I have taught him, this is not daddy's car. This is your car. And the Lord will give you your brand new car someday. Hear this loud and clear. <laughs> and you're giving God a reason that you can steward what we have right now. Because the day will come, you will have yours. I have motivated my son to look beyond just cleaning the car. That is what you call relationship. But I would always tell him, don't you ever put the ski, okay, in that keyhole and, and turn on the car. Wait for me. I'll, I'll allow you to do so. You respect my authority. This is not a game. You can hurt people. And he has been like that for about five, six years. He would never do such thing that, that might offend me or might hurt other people because my relationship with my son is intact. Same thing with my daughter. I always date them, bring them out. And I have a three-year-old who's excited to go to Zapatos Best because she can pronounce Seattle's best. That will go to Zapatos Best. And, <laughs> and we would laugh and enjoy our moments together. Because more than the rules and the, and the things I'm asking them to do, I want my relationship to be intact. And if they, I tell them to do something for me, they do it. And if they don't do it, I would sit them down and talk to them. Okay, if you don't do it, can you do it later? No, Dad, let me do it. I don't see that as a form of disobedience. I have to know where they're coming from. Dad, I'm afraid. Dad, I'm, em I'm embarrassed to do it. And I, they can speak and express whatever they feel. Parents, I want you more than anything else to pursue relationships with your children more than the rules. Because it's easy to tell them what needs to be done if your relationship with them is intact. So fathers, I know we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But I want you to be reminded, just like what I mentioned a while ago, that you're not just shaping the life of an individual or a child or a kid. You're shaping the future. My son, he's talented, but just like his dad, his grades once in a while is not his top priority. <laughs> and when I, growing up, when I came to know the Lord, I realized that the words were spoken to me by my teachers it has, has created a scar in my heart. I'm telling you right now, they have, they have, they have really uh, used harsh words like boboka. Yes, I repeated grade school twice, but I'm not bobo. I just have the lack, okay? Lack of motivation. I'm not that motivated. But I'm telling you right now, the least is that for you to say harsh words to your children. Your job is to empower them, tell them they can do great things. The problem with us is that we're so frustrated with, with what we have pursued for the past few years and we failed and we, we pass it on to your art children. You failed a, the bar exam and, and you want your, your, your child to redeem your dreams. That's nowhere in the Bible. 
Because your job as a parent is to cooperate with God. Remember, that's not just your son. That's not your child. You're a steward of your children. They are the children of God. You ask the Heavenly Father, what do you plan for this child? I want to cooperate with you. And we're pushing our kids, mag-artista ka, mag-VTR ka. Your daughter and your son can't even sing or dance. Plus, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, don't, don't, don't push for it. Ask God, Lord, gusto ko yung anak mo maging scientist. Yun naman pala eh. But here you are, you're trying to push your agenda. Cooperate and talk to God because that's our job as parents. You know, my son, I realized for the past two years, all of the, my, my, my discipline has a lot to do with, with giving them a rod of discipline. My son is growing up. That's not his language. The Lord told me that I need to be a student of my wife and my children. And you know what I realized? My son is not somebody that you will apply the rod of discipline, though he has to receive it once in a while. But the Lord spoke to me that his language, when it comes to communicating to him that he doesn't rebel, is for me to sit him down with a cup of coffee. He drinks coffee once in a while at 10. <laughs> with no sugar because of the antioxidant. My point is, do your research, I'm telling you right now. And I would tell him and talk to him, son, I'm, I'm offended. And how did the Blue Hill cry? More than just the physical discipline is that I'm connecting with him emotionally. Are you a student of your children? Where you know their language, to connect with them, to communicate to them the message that if you don't follow that, it will hurt you someday. And the reason why I'm applying the rod of discipline once in a while, because if I don't apply this, I don't discipline you, the world someday will rod your mind as a love. The world, they will face someone that will hurt them. If you discipline them today and you allow them to honor you, it will be for their own benefit. Some of the parents are so in love with their children because you want to be loved by people and you want your children to love you. You tend to give in to whatever they want from you. You know it's going to harm them but you, you, because you want your children to love you. I don't want to hurt my children because I don't want them to see me as the bad cop or I don't want them to, to, to dislike me or disapprove of me. You don't love your kids. I'm not saying that that you have to rod them every single day in order that you, you can shape them to the kind of person that God wants them to be. But one of the things, every time I would apply the rod of discipline for parents whose kids are young, is that I don't rod with anger. For some of you here, you have grown-ups, please don't rod them. Okay? If your kids are about 18, 19, 20, please don't apply the rod of discipline. They might rod you in return. <laughs> But maintain the relationship. And you know what I'm telling you? The best way to go about it is to bend your knees and pray for them. Don't stop praying. If you have teenagers, if your kids are married, they're out of your house, bend your knees and intercede. If you don't see change, bend your knees and pray. If you don't see change, pray and fast. I'm telling you right now, it's a fight out there, the atmosphere of what they're going through. If they're married, the more you pray. Because the destruction of the family is the destruction of a nation. This is why. If you want to blame the government what's happening in our country, go back to how we parent our children. Because at the end of the day, if you want to measure the condition of this country, go back to each and every family. Because if we see that leadership is established at home, honor is established at home, I'm telling you right now, it's easy to honor a traffic enforcer. It's easy to honor a security guard in a village. 
it's easy to honor the people around us. Because we know that there is no other way but to start honoring our parents and honoring the rest of the family members. If you take a closer look, when Jesus Christ celebrated the Passover feast, His parents saw Him. They were astonished. And His mother said to Him, Son, why have you treated us so? The question is, why did you treat us like this? You opted to stay in Jerusalem. And they went out and be back. And they came back to their city. For about three days, they overlooked that Jesus is nowhere to be found. And I don't know if Jesus was trying to hide from them. I, I, I don't believe so. Or probably they're just irresponsible parents. Three days, your son is nowhere to be found. How many of you here parents can relate with me? That once in a while your kids has this ability to, to hide and make fun of you. I repented of that because my son, I, I did have to address that and correct him. Because once he, he was laughing, okay? Uh, and he was right in the dressing room of, of a mall. And he was hiding from me and I just can't, why would you do such thing? And I recalled roughly about two years ago, I asked him to hide with me, hide from his mom and enjoy the moment as well. <laughs> and if there is a, a monkey at home, there's a bigger gorilla. Do you understand? <laughs> and, and, and I have to, I have to sit him down and, and, and say sorry to him, son, that's not something that you need to really replicate and, 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 and do. But the reason why Christ okay, opted to stay because he knows his priorities. If you take a closer look, when he was asked, Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. We're looking for you. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? That's his question. That's the question of Christ. Do you not know that I must be in my father's house? He knows his priorities. And if you're here right now, more than really how we would want to honor our, our parents, we want first and foremost to prioritize and please God. Not to the degree that we displease God and we honor our parents because we just want to, to adhere to what they want. Do you understand this? I hope that you don't mis, misquote me and mis, uh, uh, misunderstand whatever I, I'm saying here. And they did not understand that, say, that saying that, that He spoke to them. And He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. He did honor His parents. And He did honor His Father in heaven. He grew up with that kind of character and culture, that in the Garden of Gethsemane, He said, Father, take this cup from me. Not my will be done, but your will be done. He honored the Father's request that He died on the cross and obeyed the Father. Jesus' posture is to honor the authorities above Him. First and foremost, his, the authority of the Father in heaven. Secondly, the authority of His parents. And if you take a closer look, and His mother treasured up all these things in her heart, and Jesus prospered. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. He can blame his parents. You're nowhere to be found for three days. I don't know what you've been doing. I mean, if my kids are out my, of my sight for about an hour, I know if they're out of my sight. But Jesus Christ did not capitalize of probably the irresponsibility of his parents, but opted to get past that issue and go to the real and the main issue that I will honor my parents. And because of that, he was rewarded. And because of that, he has been given the honor as well. Honoring our parents sets us for a greater blessing. So if you want to be blessed, this is the way to go. That this is not just an isolated case wherein you have to honor your parents, you don't have a choice. Honoring your parents is your what? Your way into a great nation. Isn't it amazing? That this is not you honoring your parents. God is simply putting you in a place wherein this is not just an event 
that you need to comply to. I want you to pave the way for a great nation. Ladies and gentlemen, the Ten Commandments was not placed just for you to comply to it. God has a greater plan. God has a bigger plan. More than just complying and obeying the Ten Commandments, there is first and foremost a personal impact when we honor our parents. There is a national impact that we will see a better Philippines. And lastly, it will have an impact in the next generation. Not just in our nation, but the next generation. That if you honor your parents, your own children will honor you. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Praise the Lord, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. That when we delight in the commandments of God, not just because we want to follow the commandments of God. I don't have a choice. I'm a Christian. Let me follow the commandments of God. No, no, no. You don't understand. The reason why you're delighted following the commandments of God, because it is from the posture of your relationship with God. You don't obey the commandments to win the favor of God. You have won the favor of God. Thus, the commandments of God will help you maintain this relationship. Do you understand this? The reason why it is exciting to follow the Ten Commandments, because the Ten Commandments is a byproduct of the covenant that God has for you. That we have an unchanging God. We have a God who is unconditional. And because of that, we can maintain and we have what it takes and the strength to follow the commandments of God because of what Jesus did on the cross. His expression of love for His people. That He died on the cross. And that is more than enough to motivate me to follow and be delighted with His commandments. Remember this. That if you follow the commandments of God, wealth and riches will follow. And this is why it is a joy to walk in the commandments of God, to follow the commandments of God, to honor God and please God because of the relationship that we have with God. We have what it takes to follow the commandments of God because we have a relationship with our Maker and our Father. You can never go wrong. Amen. And amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment that you've given all of us. I pray that each and every person will have a clear understanding that honoring our parents, Father, is an expression of how we want to worship you and honor you and give you all the glory. Lord, we know that whatever we've done to honor our parents is based on how you have loved and have accepted us. And when we honor our parents, Lord God, Lord, we are thankful that when we honor them, we will be rewarded. And because of that, thank you that whatever we do, Lord God, and how we honor our parents will have an impact in our lives, in our nation and the next generation. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, if you are right now in a situation where you're a product of abusive parents, and I know your story, I might not know the details, but I know where you're coming from. It's painful. That you can even, and you don't want to even hear their names in 
know anything about them, but it's not for them. You want to live right. You want to start right. You want to please God. So this afternoon, if you know in your heart, you have to forgive and you need to forgive your parents. I want you to slowly raise your hand and you're saying, God, I'm starting right. I want to start right. I want you to raise your hand right now if you're saying, I forgive my parents. If they have hurt me, abuse of me, and probably have hurt you, I want you to raise your hand as high as you can. Lord, with the hands that are lifted high, thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Thank, thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you that is in our midst. And you begin to get to work on the hearts of these people. Give them the strength to forgive and to walk in your forgiveness. That they can release their parents and they can start honoring them. All of us across the room, can we raise our hands right now? All of us, Lord, we surrender. And we ask that you grant us the ability to forgive our parents and to honor them. And Lord, today, thank you. That even though a lot of us did not experience the Father's our biological father's love. Lord, we have a heavenly father we can call Abba Father. And Lord, we receive your love today. And because of that, it will be the very reason why we can honor our parents and the people around us. Thank you that we can start this week right knowing that we have the reason to honor not just our parents but everybody around us thank you that you will reward the faith of your people you can put down your hands if you're here right now you're saying pastor can we just bow our heads and close our eyes we're almost done pastor I want to know God. I want to have a relationship with God. I want to start all over again. I need God in my life. If you are that person right now, I want to invite you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And with the help of our leaders here in front, I want you to follow this simple prayer after me. Say this after me, Jesus. Once again, say this, Jesus. I accept you in my heart as my Lord and Savior. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. And thank you that I can start all over again. I repent of all my sins. And Jesus, come into my life and make me brand new.